Hey, thank you for joining us. I'm Ezra Perdonson, the pastor of the Way Ministry. It's the English ministry of Curitiba, Brazil. This is our podcast, and I hope that this builds up your faith and inspires you to become more like Jesus. Well, enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your offerings. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for being with us. Maybe you participated in one of our missionary trips to some of these places, and you have been part uh, of what God has been doing among the unreached people groups. But we still have a lot to do. We have a lot of countries, of peoples, of cities, of villages that still don't know about the gospel, who have never heard about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? What is the gospel? And I want to challenge you in this morning about this. So please open your Bibles in Luke chapter 10. I want to read the, the verses 1 to verse 11. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. Let's read. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet, be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. So, Jesus here is sending 70 disciples or 72 disciples. And he's sending for the villages, for different villages, two by two, to to preach about the kingdom of God. And it's interesting, why is Jesus sending them? If we read carefully the Gospels, we will see that something is in the heart of Jesus. There is a holy anguish in the heart of Jesus for the unreached peoples, for the unreached villages, for the unreached, the people who never heard the Gospel before. When we read, for example, Mark chapter 1, Jesus starts his ministry and on the first chapter he is preaching in the same village that the Apostle Peter, the future Apostle Peter, because that, there he was not Apostle yet. He was, he was at his house, he healed his mother-in-law and 
he preaches, there comes a lot of people, he heals them, he preaches to them, and he casts out many demons. And the other day, he woke, he wake up, he goes to a desert place, and in that place, he's, he prays. And the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, where are you? We have a lot of people here who are waiting for you. They want to, they want to hear you. You need to heal them also. You need to cast their demons also. There is a lot of ministry to be done in this village, in this place. And then Jesus says, no, let's go for other villages. Because this is why I came. We have still places where I, I did not preach yet. And then at the end of the chapter 1 of Mark, Jesus goes village after village, preaching the word of God, the kingdom, the word of the kingdom. And it's interesting, Jesus do this. He's doing this. And he goes village after village. And one day, he has, he raises, he develops 12 leaders, 12 apostles. And he empowers them. He gives them authority. He trains them in ministry. And one day he sends them also. And he says, you 12, go two by two also throughout the villages. And you will share the same message that you heard me preaching. So you will preach about the kingdom of God to all these places. Go. And they go. After some time, Jesus calls the 70. It's interesting because Jesus is showing that he has a plan. At the end of his ministry, when Jesus dies and he resurrects, he calls all the disciples and he says to all of them, all of you go, go and make disciples among all the nations, among all the peoples in the world. And this is the meaning of the word church. Do you know what's the meaning of the word church? In Greek, the word church is ecclesia. Ecclesia is uh, it's a, it's two words, uh, called out, those who are called out. So maybe you say, oh, pastor, I, am, I have not been called to be a missionary. I have not been called to be a pastor. Well, if you are a Christian, you are called. You have been called out. It's like Jesus calling uh, 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 Lazarus, who was dead, and he's calling him out. He was dead, now he is alive. You were dead, now you are alive. So if you are a Christian, you are called. You heard him calling you. And you are called to do what? To follow him. To do what he did. And we are called by him to go wherever he wants us to go. And that's the beginning of the ministry that we need to understand about ourselves. We are called to go wherever he wants us to go. Some people he will send to China, to Africa. Other people he will send to the university. He will say, you will be my city here in Brazil. Some people he will send to different, different roles in the society. But all of them as ministers. 
as servants of the Lord, as his disciples. So don't, don't hide yourself behind the excuse that you are not called. You are called. We are all called. Some people are called to go to other nations, but we are all called to be his disciples wherever we are. And Jesus here, he selects 70 disciples. Well, my first question to this text is, why is Jesus selecting 70 or 72 disciples, depending on the translation that you have? Why is he selecting them? And, you know, Jesus, he repeats some characteristics of the ministry of Moses in the Old Testament. And many things that Moses did, Jesus also do. Actually, Moses, as a prophet, he was preparing for the real prophet that would come in the future, that's Jesus Christ. So there are many parallels between the life of Moses in the Old Testament and the life of Jesus in the New Testament. I will not speak about all of them, but one of the parallels is that Moses in the Old Testament, he selected 12 princes, 12 leaders from the 12 tribes of Israel to help him to lead all the nation of Israel. Jesus selected 12 apostles. Also, one day, uh, Moses selected 70 leaders. This is in Numbers chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. I will not read here, but the word of God says that uh, God told Moses, Moses, select 70 disciples, 70 leaders from the people of Israel, from the different tribes, and bring them to the tabernacle, and I will take the, the, the spirit that's upon you, the Holy Spirit, and I will divide, I will share among the 70s, and they will be empowered to lead the nation with you. So now in the New Testament, we see Jesus doing the same thing. Jesus selecting 70. And do you know, at the end of the ministry of Jesus, when Jesus goes to heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit doesn't come only upon the 12. Doesn't come only upon the 70. It comes upon all of us, all the disciples. You and me, we have authority. We have power from, from above. We have power from the Holy Spirit to lead these people, to lead the world, to overcome Satan in this world, to bring light where there is darkness. We have power to share the word of God. The Holy Spirit has been given and he can anoint us. Jesus sent for all of us. It's not only for a few. It's for you. If you are a true Christian, you gave your life to Jesus. He changed your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. And he speaks to you. And he wants to use you mightily and mightily. And uh, Jesus here gives some some tasks for them. And I want to share some points from this text that we can learn. And the first thing that I want to say here is 
at the verse 1, Jesus sends them and he says that he, they were sent, he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So what is the task that they receive? You should go on to the places where I am about to go. Our task is to prepare the way of the Lord. Our task is not to solve the problems of the world. Our task, our missions, is not to be the answer for all the problems. Sometimes we, we get overcome by the problems and we see, what, I can, what can I do? What answer can I give to these problems that are happening in my community, in my society? When I go to Asia, when I go to Africa, sometimes I return over, overwhelmed by, by the problems. We see people being trafficked, people being exploited, lives being destroyed. Sometimes we, we feel so sad about what's happening in the world that we forget that Jesus sent us to prepare the way, not to be the way. We are not the way. Jesus is the way. So I'm going to prepare the way because Jesus is coming after me. Jesus is the one who is the answer. Who, he is the life. He is the truth. He is the way. My work, my mission is to prepare the way. And he is the one who is coming. I remember many times preaching in villages in South Asia, in India. And I was with a, you know, lacking faith. I remember in one specific village that I was preaching, it was so poor, so miserable, and people worshiping different gods. And I was preaching there. And I preached the most simple message I didn't even prepare very well because I, I, I got from the text of the Bible, Jesus did that, Jesus did this, and Jesus healed, and Jesus casted out demons, and Jesus is the answer, Jesus can solve your problems, Jesus is God. And many people came asking, please pray for me, I want, I want this. And I, I came down and I started to pray for people with my poor faith. And suddenly people started to fall down. You know, I'm not a, a new Pentecostal pastor, all right? <laughs> but people started to fall down. And some of them, they were demon-possessed. And the demons started to be casted out. There are people who were, you know, uh, not hearing, they were dumb, or they were blind. There were many people with different disease. I remember a lady, her leg was, was uh, uh, injured. I don't know what was happening. She was pointing to the leg, and I was praying for her. And suddenly she started to move the leg. And the people was just, and I was, what is happening here, Lord? And I could see that one light, one small light, you know, can shine and change darkness. So we, we are not the light, but we prepare the way 
for the light. God can use you if you prepare the way. We are sent to prepare the way. And there is one, one very special person in the New Testament who were sent by the Lord to prepare the way. His name was John the Baptist. The word of God says there in Malachi 3.1, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And as John the Baptist, he started to preach in the desert because he, it was also prophesied in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So when we go to prepare the way of the Lord as the 70s were sent, we are sent to the wilderness. We are sent to people who are living literally in the in a spiritual desert. We are sent to families who are in depression, who are in families who, who sometimes they want to kill each other or sometimes they are killing each other. We are sent to darkness. We are not sent into beautiful places. We are not sent to, to very good families who are enjoying. We are sent to the hardest places and situations in the world. We are sent to places of discouragement, of fights, broken marriages, families. We are sent to places where people don't have hope. Sometimes people are, their lives are being destroyed by lies. We are sent to the wilderness. And we should not be afraid because it's Jesus who is sending us and he gave us authority and power. We should go. We should go. So Jesus sends them to prepare the way and he sends them two by two. You see in the verse one, he sent them two by two. Why is he sending two by two, not one by one? He could reach 72 villages easily, but he's sending two by two. Why? Well, I think there, there is a principle, actually at least two principles here that Jesus is using. One is from Deuteronomy 19, verse 15. In the law, the Bible says there that you should never accept a witness of a single person. Always accept a, a witness from at least two per people, two or three. So Jesus is sending witnesses. Witnesses that are valuable. You know, they are, they can, uh, you can trust in them, at least two. But there is also another principle, and Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 18. He says in the verse 19 and 20, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask you, uh, ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So Jesus is saying that church is not one, Church is two or three. That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus is saying you need to agree. So unity is very important. 
We want to change the world. We want to change our city. We want to change the places where we are. But if we try to do this by ourselves, alone, it will not happen. We need to work as a family. We need to work with our church. Sometimes there at Crossover, some people come and say, Pastor, I want to go as a missionary. And I say, okay, good. What is your church? I'm not on a church. How can I send you? I, if you are not in a church, how can I send you as a missionary to plant a church? It's, I don't believe in a church. My church is not good. They don't understand me. Okay, find a church. If this church is not a biblical church, find a biblical church. Uh, there is no biblical church. Well, maybe the problem are not the churches. The problem is with you. Unity is very important. I remember one day coming to my church at the PB. And when I was a pastor there, and I, I arrived there on a Monday. And Monday is usually a day of rest for the pastors. And I came to the church on a Monday. And the people were saying, Pastor, it's good you are here. There is a lady that is demon-possessed and she is there on the room and there are some people praying for her, but they are praying for hours. Can you help, please? And I came in, okay, and I walked to that room and I started to hear the yellings. Many people yelling and praying. And I, I came in, I entered the room and I saw that lady on the floor and, and, and many people in that room praying for that lady and praying at the same time. And I, st I stopped and I started to hear what they were praying. It was funny. One of them was praying, in the name of Jesus, I bound you. I bound you. And another one, and, and he was saying, you cannot say anything. I bound, and the other one was saying, in the name of Jesus, leave this body. Leave him now. And the other one was saying, in the name of Jesus, what is your name, demon? What is your name, demon? And the other one was saying, in the name of Jesus, be quiet. Don't say anything. And I was, what? Poor demon. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. You know, sometimes we do this when we fight against Satan. We, we are not together. And that's why Satan wins. I stopped everyone and I said, hey, 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 stop. Come on. One, one pray. Can be anyone here. One pray. And the rest says, amen. Amen. It's very important because it means we agree with you. And after we prayed and we said you will live and the demon left that lady. Don't Try to do everything on your own way. You need unity. You need to work with people. In unity, we can do much more. And uh, Jesus says, and there are many, many, many lessons here. But Jesus says something in the verse 4 when he says to them, uh, he's sending them and he says, do not take purse do not take bag. Do not take anything. Jesus is sending them without money. 
And why is Jesus sending them without money? At the end of his ministry, Jesus sends them with money. But now he's sending them without money. Jesus is teaching them a lesson that everything you need, I will provide. And that's something important because there are two lessons in this. Jesus is telling them, you go and, and God will open the door because there are some sons of peace. That's the, what the text says. And the, they are sons of peace. And then the peace of the Lord will come in their, in their houses because we preach. And they will offer to you. They will give to you. They will give food to you. They will provide to you. So, do you have faith in the Lord? So go and the answer that will come from the Lord will supply, will support everything that you have. I have many experiences with this. Many. I remember one day I was in India. We started a ministry there. We started a, a, a school for church planters a few years ago. And I remember that we were in a very difficult very difficult moment. I was paying from my salary. I was paying everything from my money because there was no money coming in. And I was upset and I was praying. Did you ever do this kind of prayer? Lord, how can I do that? Do you really want me to do this? Do you really want to reach India? Where's the money? I don't have money. And I started to say, Lord, I remember this person that came in this event and one day he raised 43,000 reais. In one day. And I was saying, 43,000 reais? I could pay everything for one year and a half. I could train a lot of pastors. I could do much more. And I started to preach to, to God. <laughs> you know, I was... I was very, very upset. And I was saying, Lord, without money, I will stop. Why? What are you doing? Why, why the money is not coming? And I was in India paying. My bank account was in red because I was paying from the money I did not have. And I returned to Brazil. And then I, I came to the church. And Pastor Pascual was on a dinner. And I was entering Pastor he stopped me and said, Eliezer, something happened. Someone from Sao Paulo, not from our church. He, he contacted the church and he said he had an offering for the ministry in India. And he came driving a Harley Davidson. And he left the Harley Davidson. I don't know him. He left and he returned by bus. We sold the Harley Davidson, and the money is here for the work in India, 43,000 reais. And I was, Lord, sorry, I will never complain anymore. When the Lord calls you to do something, He will provide, and He provides. Doesn't mean that it will always be like that, but He will provide everything. Well, we still have a lot to do. 
and my time is over. <laughs> but I want to challenge you. Jesus gave specific uh, details to the work we need to do. We need to go. We need to heal the sick. We need to go where there are no people. We need to go for them. And I want to show you a last video here and to invite you to be with us. Maybe God is calling you. If God calls you to go to other people, maybe God will not call you to go, but God will call you to support those who go. So come with us. We are calling this mission impact. We want to plant 4,000 new churches among rich people groups. So please watch this video. God has anointed you with his Holy Spirit. God has called you. You are called out. And God is sending you. Maybe he is sending you to places here around. Or maybe he is going to send you to a place completely different. Very far. But God is sending you to be his witness. God is sending you to be a person of faith and to preach the word of God, to prepare the way for the Lord to come. God is sending you to make a difference in this world. We live on times where people want to change the world by posting things on Facebook or, or raising things on, uh, on, on the streets or raising political things. If you want to change the world, you need to preach the gospel for those who don't know because it's not a change in the law. It's not a change in these structures. It's a change of the heart of people. And only Jesus can do that. And I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to come with us and make part of this and impact the world. Answer. Answer to the Lord. Stop trying to build your kingdom and build the kingdom of God. God bless you.